At Mountain Dew, we'd like to remind you that the world as we know it would not exist without the number zero. Which is why, at Mountain Dew, we'd like to recognize the number zero for making Mountain Dew Zero Sugar possible. Even with no sugar, it packs all of the bold citrus kick Dew Nation knows and loves. It's so good, you have no reason not to try it. As in zero. Get it? Crack open an ice-cold Mountain Dew Zero Sugar. It's zero sugar. All do. This is WWE Hall of Famer, The Think, Howard Finkel, and you're listening to the Nerd Coalition. Welcome to No Gimmicks Needed. Yes! 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 If you can survive, if I let you. You have to be the man! You gotta beat the man! Woo! The kids do big that sucker. Do I have everybody's attention now? Yeah, I hear you, CM Punk. Welcome back to the No Gimmicks Needed Wrestling Podcast. I am your host, Mr. A and E, and joining me was the original host of the No Gimmicks Needed. Wrestling podcast making his return, stepping in for Q Flow Florida rookie, not Deion Sanders, but Primetime. Yeah, what's up, everybody? This means me, it's the PRIME. Ready to get this thing going. He's like, Welcome back, bro. How you feeling? I'm good, man. You feeling Glad good? Glad to be back. Glad to be back. Glad to hear from you. And also joining yeah. me is uh, my lovely wife as well, the greatest catch lady sketch. What's going on, everybody? So, uh, just to give you our form, so I celebrated my one-year wedding anniversary on Sunday. So, been married one year. So That's every, good. Yes, thank the Lord. And everything is a day behind. So, that's why you guys are hearing the podcast a day later because everything's a day behind. So, I apologize for that, but, you know, say we we had a good time, of course, and, you know, we're still... Working with a newborn. So that's just what it's going to be. So, but we are here to talk, you know, good wrestling here. And before we get into all the wrestling talk, we've got to make sure we send love and pay the bills to Spaces Philly. Make sure you guys check out Spaces Philly, the Dutch company we are a part of. For all your podcast needs, for everything you like, especially their top shows they have on there. The Lulu and Pop Show and the Lulu and Pop Horror Roar Show, along with both sides. And of course, the Nerd... Uh, the Nerd Coalition has their concept there as well. You can hear the No Gimmicks Need a Wrestling podcast. You can also hear the Nerdgasm Talk podcast as well. Also, the hot new Turntables Hip Hop Culture and Beyond, hosted by Lady Sketch. And, of course, Drunk Thoughts, Sober Tongues. And pretty soon, the Man Talk podcast, which will be up there in quarter number three of this year. So, very excited about all that great stuff. And make sure you guys listen to us on the podcast apps of Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Spreaker, Google Play. You guys can also listen to us on YouTube Premium. YouTube Premium is a thing, uh, free trial you got going on right now, but about $9.99 a month if you guys do not have Google Play. Because I was informed if you have Google Play, YouTube Premium should be part of the package deal. So if you like to listen to your podcasts on YouTube, but that's the place to go. So. A lot of wrestling and a lot of things has been going on uh, in the past week or so. A lot of things going on. So I think 
I want to start out with some of the bombshell news that has been dropped within the past couple days. And that is, it's back to the 90s, bro. It's back to the 90s. This is what's happening. We have Paul Heyman and Eric Bischoff being hired as executive directors for both Raw and SmackDown. And I, when I got the news, I, everybody was thinking about, like, is it a word? Is it a storyline? Is it like an on-screen uh, GM role? No, this is a real position where all the creative and all the direction of the show is going through them. And they report by uh, just them as representatives of Raw and SmackDown to Vince McMahon. So they are giving a lot of power to the show so you can kind of look at it as a job for like Triple H at NXT yeah and now it's kind of funny because if you think back in the day Paul Heyman was a general manager of Smackdown for a little bit and Eric Bischoff was general manager of Raw yeah but now that's yeah. just we got this thing going on uh there I don't know how good this is going to be in the long run I don't know, because once again, at the end of the day, they still got to report to Vince, mm-hmm. you know, and then after, you know, you know they tell his idea, Vince don't like the idea or don't like the, the way that they go, go with something, Vince has the power to change the whole show. But since his power is going to be kind of dwindling down, because we have the XFL coming up in about the next six months, oh, which wow. we still have not heard nothing more about. <laughs> So we so we gonna see how successful that's gonna be. I think he's being purposely quiet about that this time. Yeah, that makes sense. So, part time, we'll start with you as a wrestling fan. What is your reaction to Paul Heyman and Eric Bischoff joint being executive directors for both Raw and SmackDown? I think they both have very creative minds. So like, they can bring some stuff to the table. Uh, even though they answer events, I think. I think the first couple of weeks or the first like month or so, Vince will probably back off just to see how they do ratings wise. But uh, I think like for example, I think one thing that they can do is they can take so for some people they can take away the scripted word by word promos because I think some people that don't help. So if they could do that and different stuff in the area, I think it'll be all right. Okay, uh, Lay Sketch. Let me ask you, mm-hmm. somebody. Uh... I'm starting to add you there, so I'm not sure if you know, you know, the positions or the backgrounds of Eric Bischoff and Paul Heyman in their business sense to make an opinion. But hearing this news, you know, how's it guys do it for you? Well, I know about Paul Heyman's business sense with ECW. Uh, see how that turned out. But yeah. um, no, I'm not as familiar with Bischoff per se. Um, only like the roles he had mm. in WWE later on. But I am not didn't get too excited about it when I saw it because I know when it comes down to it, Vince is going to be pulling the strings. So they could give him something that would be a stellar show, mm. and then let's face it, Vince is a senile old man. Mm-hmm. He's like, I don't like it, and change it, and then I could see him flipping it and turning it on its head like well see now it didn't work and like but you changed everything I could very well see that happening mm-hmm. because I mean at this point it's like they're it feels like they're 
desperate for something new. But they're not, you know, you're going to be doing the same thing. Doing the same thing over and over again, expecting different results, is literally the definition of insanity. So, mm-hmm. but I can definitely see that happening. So, I mean, we'll see if it turns around. I'm not going to keep my hopes up until the product actually shows a difference. Yeah. Um, simply because unless until Vince is not in charge, I don't see any major changes coming. Okay. I mean, I'm, I'd love to eat my words, but. Uh huh. <laughs> I, I mean that 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 is fair, you know. Also, a lot of people have been concerned because they're surprised Bischoff was the one that's going to SmackDown because SmackDown's got that Fox deal, that million, that billion dollar deal coming up in October. Well, I, can, I can tell you right now, we about to see like four or five factions form on SmackDown. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. Bischoff you know, is the yeah, faction. Bischoff love them fashion, yep. He do do them factions. I will, I, I will say this because a lot of times people don't give credit what credit is due because of how they feel about somebody. And, you know, when I when I read these positions, I said, you know, if Vince lets them do it, mm-hmm. I think it could work out for both of them. I think, I was just telling my wife earlier, I think Paul Heyman has the better wrestling mind, but I think Eric Bischoff yeah. has the better corporate business mind. Understandable, yeah. So He did, yeah. Yeah. Now, you know, People gotta understand that Eric Bischoff took the the, the the grungy WCW that was falling apart. I mean, at the time Bischoff took it over, WCW was almost falling apart the way Impact is. So you know, it, they were going under different presidents and management, damn near year after year. Then we just got off the whole Bill Watts, uh, no over the top rope rule and all that kind of stuff like that. And it, you know, it was in a it was in a very bad place, and Jim Crockett had to sell the promotion. And it became WCW. So him convincing Ted Turner to give them two hours on TNT to go head to head with the already I mean WCW was also established as well, but going against the WWF that was you know ballsy at that, and for him to create a product and business wise to help. You know, draw in new fans along with diehard wrestling fans is smart. Now, once again, like I said, Turner just gave him the money and let Bischoff do what the fuck he wanted to do. You know, so that was a pro and con of that because if you look at some of the production that Bischoff put in WCW, WWE took them ideas. WWE wasn't doing fireworks before before WCW was doing fireworks. You know, and then there was, uh, you know, WWF was doing corner camera angles like WCW was back at that time. Yeah, well, one thing I wish that WCW didn't do was have the people stand on the apron with the little, uh, that camera angle was dangerous to me. Yeah, I, I, I understand that too. Now, Paul Heyman, on the other hand, where Paul Heyman, with his production and business side, wasn't the greatest, Mm-mm. but went, especially with the ECW production it was, but when it came to wrestling storylines. No, when he started writing for SmackDown and all that, that era was exa- fantastic. Exactly, because that's when they had the SmackDown 6 going on, and then they had all that other stuff. SmackDown in 2002 and 2003 was nothing to fuck with. Mm. It wasn't. Mm-hmm. Nothing to fuck with at all. And, that's when I was watching it. Huh? That's when I was watching it. Oh, yeah, so... 
I can definitely see him. Like I really see when when it comes to Raw, a lot of guys who weren't getting that kind of shine is now going to like things are going to be a little bit more meaningful now uh-huh. to to where he does it. And I don't know, like uh, according to the stuff I was reading, like as of the Raw that came on, the, the, uh, well, we'll record this tonight, and the spread that comes on tomorrow, comes on tomorrow, they already got their handprints on some of this stuff. Okay. And if you look at some of the way things have been doing, I'm like, okay, I can kind of, I can kind of see that. And I'm like, now there's a a, a rumor going around that saying two or five lives probably coming to an end. Yes. Yes. That's Bischoff Wheelhouse. He like, give me the cruiserweights because I used the cruiserweights before. And then I can see, I can see once again, you are right about that, Bischoff. Does create like I said, Bischoff is one of the guys that they he got good ideas, but when a good idea gets stale, he'll know how to let it go. Oh, I'm telling you, we gonna we gonna we to have like five factions. It's gonna be like uh the immortal and frontline and all that all over again. It probably is. He, he takes credit for aces and eights, which was not that great. It helped out Bully Ray, but you do have to get credit with the Goldberg. I mean, uh, him, the whole Goldberg. You have to give him credit for. The storyline of Sting and the NWO, even though it did not pay off as well, but you know the whole storyline was great. And yeah, he, he did some good things, though. Honestly, yeah, he did. So that's why I'm not really mad, that, especially when you go into a Fox executive seat. Now, a lot of people don't understand; they're going to Fox. Fox wants a more gritty, sports-related show, opposed to Raw. Raw is going to sell itself regardless. Because it's raw, it's been around for thirty some years. Mm-hmm. So when when you get to SmackDown, remember when Bischoff took over WCW? We went from two cold Scorpio stepping <laughs> to Scott Hall coming through the crowd in jeans and uh, beating up on their personality, and we thought it was an actual invasion. He brought the greatness. He brought the realness. He actually brought wrestlers using their real name to the company. And I think with that's the realness and the greatness that Fox is probably trying to look for. And I think if that's the case, Bischoff could be your guy for that. Dude, but... I think... I'm oh, my bad. No, 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 go ahead, say it. No, I'm just going to say, like, I know the people at Fox are more... They wanted to be more like a sports show. Mm-hmm. So... I think uh, Bischoff would be the one that can help them in that in that aspect, like you said. But uh, I still think they need something else to help them with that to get that sports aspect. What do they, they need? Like more legit kind of athletes, or more athletes written better? Or I mean, I, for me personally, if they want to do more of a sports based show, I think they should tone. I they should have more, like. Not longer matches, but you know, like they should have actual matches, not like those how they've been doing over the past couple weeks where they have like a two minute match. Okay, so basically saying like have more technical or more like indie style matches? Not even that, just have more like more action. Because you know, since they they don't want to really have all that talking, at least more action, more wrestling, you know. Because so I, I did a study, I did a study of Raw, and like Raw is three hours out of the all three hours, they got like maybe less than an hour of actual wrestling on the show. 
Yeah, you so, for wrestling sure you need more you need more wrestling. But you yeah. also you have to give us stars and characters that we care about. Mm-hmm. That is also true. You you can't just I mean if somebody who's new to the SmackDown scene starts watching SmackDown on Fox and they see a match between just throwing our names here Cesaro and Samoa Joe, they're going to wonder. First of all, they they they're going to want they, they, it's wrestling. You know, I think people have to treat wrestling like wrestling. And the thing is, you need to know the backgrounds. You need to know why these two guys are fighting. Because I don't think just throwing two randoms out there for wrestling fans to be like, oh, that would be a great match for somebody who completely is, doesn't know what's going on. you you got to be able to tell a story. Now, I'm not saying you need the New Day out there tossing pancakes every week. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you can you can nip that shit in the butt. I'm not saying, you know, you, you, you have to go do, you know, like, a, uh, uh, what was it, Sonya Deville breaking Ember Moon's Nintendo Switch. You know, you don't you don't need that costume. I'm just saying, but you can have like you know backstage segments and backstage storylines to help make sense for your product. It actually means something. That actually, that actually means something. Yes. Go out, you know, to help tell the story of what's going on. So I don't know. Or, or develop a character. What'd you say? Yeah. Or develop a character. Yes. Like yeah. like do and stick with it. You know what I'm saying? Because when you develop the character of people and people stick with it and they see the rise of the character, they get there it's it's easy for them to get behind that character. Yeah, I mean I think overall I think they'll be okay if they keep going in, in a in a different direction. Like different is always interesting. No I mean it's always good, but it's interesting because people are gonna be invested in the first couple of, you know, tries. Mm-hmm. When you do something different. You're right. We'll see. So we'll, we'll, we'll see. We'll see what goes on with that. I'm I'm actually very excited mm-hmm. to see how things is, things are going to turn out and, and work out for these things. Even if, if if we get like you know so many fucking factions on SmackDown, at, huh. least, at, at least I know Bischoff is taking over some. Did you? It was like I heard a a, a rumor that who was it? Cesaro, EC3, and somebody else. Bobby Roode. Bobby Roode. We're trying to start a faction. Where they're uh, what do they call it? The main event, muscle men or something like that. That's crazy, y'all. They need a better name, but honestly. That reminds me of main event mafia. You remember, remember main event mafia? Somebody. Yes, yeah, so honestly, if they come out all in suits, I think that'll be a good faction. Just need a name change. Yeah. Somebody said they just drop the men. It might sound better if they just do main event muscle. Yeah. That that might roll. M E M. Yeah, I, I mean, it, it may. I'm just saying, but. Cause every time I hear main event, I think back to that main event mafia from TNA. Uh, man, it, you know it had look, good people. I don't in care the group. what y'all say, bro. I don't care what y'all say. I love main event mafia. It was entertaining. Look, main event mafia was good. My only, you know what the biggest problem with main event mafia was? They won all the time. Sting. Oh, oh, well, yeah, Sting. Sting yeah. was the biggest problem main event mafia that I did. Like I was just like, how are you trying to be a babyface in a heel group? I thought you was going to say because they won all the time. They had like all the titles at one time, didn't they? That's NWO shit. Every time Bishop, I, 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 that's, that's NWO shit. I'm, I, I wasn't surprised. It's iconic. I went an undisputed era to win all the championships. I like when, and, when, when dominant and, factions win championships. It's just... And uh, then I think they did the same thing for like Fortune too. 
because uh, yeah, you know, I like yeah. I, that. What I really did like Fortune. Now Fortune I was did too, money, yeah. AJ Styles and Desmond Wolf, uh-huh. aka and Desmond then Wolf. uh, yeah, that was, that was good. Anyways, we we off track. My bad. No, no, it's, it's it's all good. So you know, uh, best luck to them in the future. Moving on to uh, stuff that needs to be talked about. Also, so AEW had uh, an, another one of their shows. Uh, Fighter Fest, which is kind of like a take off, uh, um, Fire Fest. Fire Fest. Hey, I, I think they had Jairo doing the, the, the opening for National Anthem. Shut up, yeah. Just, Are you ready? No. <laughs> Sanchez, they not ready. <laughs> so, this was a card. Did you get a chance to see his prime time? Yeah, I saw, I saw the actual show, not the uh, pre show. Okay, well... Actually, no, I saw the, the first match in the pre-show and then the actual card. Yeah. Okay, well, here's the... I'm going to start with the pre-show, right? Because I went back and also looked at all these highlights. And there are some things I got to talk about. Okay. Uh, so, let's get, get, get into this review real quick for it. Uh, I know my wife didn't get a chance to, to, to see it. Cause, uh, but I'll, I'll fill her in. So, I just watched um, a little bit over your shoulder. So, a few things I saw, but not very much. Yeah. Uh, one of the pre shows because I I do not like this team. Best friends, the Chuck Taylor Trepareta. <laughs> I don't like best friends. I don't. I don't like the Titan Try. I hate the serious hug. Jesus. I think you. you hey, everything. Look, in my personal <laughs> opinion, Kevin Owens and Sammy Zayn does best friends better than best friends. Okay. Yeah, but you know they are kind of like the discount Kevin Owens and Sammy Zayn. Exactly. I know. Not discount. Uh, versus uh, so uncensored with Scor- it was Scorpio Zion and Kazarian, and this yep. new team I knew nothing about called Private Party. Yeah, they was at um, they was at all, they was at uh, double nothing as well, but uh, they were in the Battle Royal. So, so it was Isaiah. Uh, make sure I get these days right. Isaiah Cassidy and Mark Quinn. Yeah. I like these dudes though. Okay, now to help explain to my wife, private party. It's like uh, it's imagine, like AEW's version of Street Profits. It's, yeah, oh, the, of Street Profits. Okay, with a little mixture of Coin Disco Inferno in there because I was like, but they are some very athletic colored guys, and I was just like, oh, athletic colored guys. Yeah, I had to say it like I that. Because at first I was, I was like, they, they was doing some kind of moves that I had never even seen before. Yeah, like uh, one dude did like a hurricane run into like a, a cutter. Yeah, and then all these move, all these assist moves where they had them up and then they like stomp on their back for the DDT and stuff like that. Yeah, I like moves like that with the uh, tag. Yes, I would recommend you watch the, watch the uh, the highlights of it. So it was it was very good. I'll check it out. Um, actually, uh, just for the record, that match after the match they actually uh, was offered a full contract by AEW. So that's good for them. Yeah. With private party, yeah, as they should be. That's what's up. Uh, yeah. F- F- so F- so of course, best friends. Uh, pin, uh, oh yeah, I know you weren't happy with that finish. Not at all. What <laughs> like I was getting this high octane match, which is almost impossible to go back and call every shot, and then they get this weak ass move off of one of the members of the private party. I don't know which one is which yet. And pin them, and I'm just like, that slowed everything down. I, I didn't, I, so uh, 
But it was a three way it was three way uh, tag match. It was like to advance to the all out for an opportunity for a first round at the AEW World Tag Team Championship. So Yeah, so they gonna have a tournament and the winner of this just got like a buy. Got like a first round buy or automatically in the finals. One of the two, I forgot. Oh, okay. Yeah. Alright, makes sense. Uh the next one was Ali taking on was Leva Bates? Leva Yeah. So Leva Bates got this kinda um Schoolgirl gimmick tour, the librarian. The librarian, which reminded me a lot of what was that girl from uh, who was on Wow? Like was it Miss Tess? I, I forgot what it was. She was a school teacher and she used to do the pedigree just like she did. Uh, but <laughs> I forgot what her name was. Oh, huh? what where was she at? In, in uh, she, she was in Wow. I don't know if she was like the disciplinary or something like that. It was. Wild Woman of Wrestling, so I'm trying to think what. Yeah, uh, was it's it? Not it's not Solana. Nah, it's not. It's not. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, yeah. Okay, uh, anything right now. So, Ali. Oh, wow. Okay. Are you alright? Uh, I'm looking at the highlights. Oh, okay. I'm trying to catch up. I'm okay. looking at these par- private party dudes. Yeah. What is happening? Uh, exactly. I told you, with a hit of Disco Inferno in there. So, uh, <laughs> you, you can watch the highlights while we keep talking. So, Brandy Rose is watching Ali from the back because they got a match. Coming up at was it? By Perfect the way, Fallen? did you see? Did you see she was uh she was facing the right way? She's facing. She was watching facing, it on TV. She's she facing the right way. You said. I mean, you know, people in WWE they stand to the side when they watch TV. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I will give her like that. a normal person. I will give her that. So, uh, Ailey picks up the win here. It wasn't that much big of a match. Uh, she won. Oh, what was it? She won like tossing, tossing. Uh. Leave her like the apple or something and give her a super kick. So that's how she picked her to win here. Then yeah, we I had, didn't really I didn't really care for that match though, honestly. Then but. we had a match which which was uh Oh actually <laughs> I did see this match actually. Yeah. Michael was it Nakazawa Nakazawa the, yeah. uh faces <laughs> Alex Jabaley. Jabaley. First of yeah. all, Alex Jabaley remind me of you remember at WCW the above average Mike Sanders oh yeah he's above average yeah. <laughs> so I, but that's what he, I was like he's so slow so uh, well he's then, uh, he's 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 the organizer of the whole CEO thing the uh-huh. whole gaming tournament that they do every year okay. he's like the, he's the organizer so yeah so they had a hardcore match and some of the stuff actually my wife's watching the, the, the highlights right now some of the stuff I see with baby oil I was that's the Michael Nakazawa was giving because he rolls baby oil on himself so he can be so slippery that nobody can exactly. Can and yeah. actually, he kind of was kind of creative with with some of the special stuff like that. So they took some hard spots. There was a spear through the table uh, that looked like it was fucking brutal. Oh, and then uh, he did. So. He also then he also hit him with like a. Uh, I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't know if it's a PlayStation or another kind of game system or something like that. It's what, and then, so the match kind of ends in a weird way because that was Michael's, uh, not because I was draws, right? Ouch. Uh, yeah, but I, see, I don't, I don't know what his finisher is. I don't know if that's his little thing or not. I don't know. Yeah. You, you're right. But, oh. Also, do you remember like the spot they took where they were falling on like the toy connects? I say, is that? Yeah, like, that looked like it hurt. Mega block? Yeah, what? Well, <laughs> shit, look. I know it's like a step on Lego, so I know that shit hurt. I'm like, damn, I'd rather take the, the thumbtacks. 
Uh, it, it'll be <laughs> eyes That's real. Cause that hard plastic be drawing. Listen, Legos, stepping on Legos is a special kind of hell. Yeah. So, but uh, my buddy Travis Howard wins by with a roll up stuffing his drawers in uh, Alex's face. Gross. And uh, picks up the win here. So now, those, according to what I'm reading here, those were the three pre show matches, correct? Yeah, yeah, okay. correct. So now we're at the main show. So we have a singles match Achima versus Christopher Daniels. And you know what? This they go match, way back, honestly. It do, but you know what? I thought I've seen better matches between these two. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, they they, they both could have. I think they both was holding it back, you know. Yeah, I felt like I, I felt as though they didn't pull out. He didn't pull out the BME, and usually now, because for Dale's age, where he don't pull out the BME, it's kind of just like blah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, Especially it, when he did he did Angel's wings and he kicked out. But oh, I was like, all right, well, all right. Yeah, it, it was a short match. Nothing to be too. Uh, uh, keen on. Uh, then we had a three-way match with the women. Uh, Rio versus Yakawa Za- Za- Yuka Sakazaki. Thank you, because I'm not good with the Japanese names. And then Nyla Rose. Yeah. At first, the way they was attacking her, I thought this was a handicap match. Oh, no. no they yeah. just, they smart. That's yeah, what that is. Exactly, but uh, Nyla Rose did, you know, a lot of the power moves and stuff Ooh, like Jesus. that nature. So, the, the the woman was, um, you know, F for her. Yeah, it was kind of a weird uh, finish, though. Well, after the match, she she attacked them. And then uh, Yuka, I think Yuka was the one that attacked Riho, but I don't know what was going on between them. So. Yeah, are all these women all side of AEW? Or they, they, they so, independent some of them are invited. You know, they invite a lot because, you know, they have their connections with Kenny Omega. Yeah. And some of them are signed. Like Nyla Rose is signed. Yeah, Ali is signed. Mm-hmm. Uh, Britt Baker, uh, Kylie Ray, Penelope Ford is signed. And uh, some other Ooh. people are signed too. But the Japan Japanese people, they are not signed. They okay. just, like, have dates, I guess you can say. Gotcha. Yeah. I mean, it really is going to show when, you know, when this uh, Wednesday Night Dynamite comes up. It's just difficult sometimes because their style of wrestling is different, so it's kind of difficult to, uh, uh, you know, it, uh, introduce that to a different audience. Mm-hmm. So it takes a while. You're right. Yeah. Uh, next match, which is a four-way match, uh, Adam Page versus Jimmy Havoc. Jungle Boy and MJF. First of all, did you catch MJF's promo or not? I saw some of it. I did not catch all of it. <laughs> what did he say? Right yeah, so what did he say in did the you, promo? Did you, all right, what part did you hear? Because it was only one important part the whole thing. That was so funny. I get you. I hear the important part because I was change, we were changing my, my uh, daughter in the car. Okay, so... um. It's the part because they are at a video game tournament. So he was like, "Video games, video games." I used to play video games, and then uh, he was like, "Yeah." Then I lost my virginity. Then they they show it to a sad fan in the crowd that looks like he's like forty and live with his mom. And then uh, that was kind of like a they took a shot at him. And then after that, he just started crapping on everybody. Really. Oh, but, so he was doing the good heel work that he does. Yes, he's like uh, he's they built him up to be like the top. Heel like him and Jericho 
But Jack Hook is cheer like no matter what. So I feel like he's like the top heel no matter what. I feel. Oh yeah, that's what I'm saying. No, no, I'm agree with you. He does good heel work. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, like he does it so good. Like, he does it so well to where it comes off as like that's actually his personality. So yeah. yeah. So we get a yeah. uh, fan of four way contest. I don't know what the meaning of this was because honestly, the only two people I knew in this match was Adam Page and MJF. Mm. I wasn't well, uh, I wasn't familiar with Jungle Boy and J- who is Jimmy Havoc, son of Havoc from Lucha Underground. Uh, don't think so. Okay, I about, I about to say I I just figured. I think I think son of Havoc is like a bigger. bigger Oh yeah, gotcha, 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 gotcha. So, but uh, how'd you I'm, get the, the four way? I want to tell you, I want to tell you how this came about, just because I know a lot of people don't watch being in the league, but it's kind of like a mixed hap because you know, double or nothing, they all got in in the little commotion that happened at double or nothing. Uh huh. Basically, Adam wanted to face MJF, but some things got in the way, so they all had just had to face each other. Mm hmm. But it doesn't make sense to me why they fighting Kip Sabian. That don't make sense to me. But they still got a, they still a new company, so they got a, they they still working things out with booking decisions. Gotcha. Well, they, they I guess they just need Hangman to beat some people so he can uh, look strong when he about to fight Jericho. Gotcha. Yeah. Now these next three matches <laughs> is. What really well, set the show for the me? Two of them are two of them are matches. One of them is a uh, AEW don't want nothing to do with it. Remember? It, you, you're absolutely right. So we're going into <laughs> Cody with Brandy Rose mm-hmm. taking on Darby Allen or Allen or how's it pronounced? It's, it's Darby Allen. Okay. Uh, I honestly don't know why you spell his name like that, but yeah. I have this guy. It's the first time I've seen him. This guy's good. He's good. He's a he's one of those. I think he was like a former skateboarder or something. So like he break his bones, he don't care. Oh, obviously, oh, you tell. Well, all right. Okay, well he he didn't break anything in this matchup, but the way are you sure? Are you sure about that? I, I I don't know, bro. I don't know. I, I mean, Cody broke something. Like Cody fucked something up, but uh, it wasn't. Okay, him, wait, but... wait, wait, wait. Did she is she watching that match or did she get to that part yet? She didn't see. Yeah, she's yeah, watching it right she, now. She's watching it right now, actually. Okay, I'm, I'm gonna just I'm gonna just wait a second. I just wanna wait one second till she sees that spot. Okay, cause I'm gonna let her watch the highest of the matchup real quick. But uh, cause oh well, yeah, we keep talking. Yeah, I was gonna be a, first of all, all right. the the guy is good at what he does. Yeah, and I'm just like, I, and I was actually kind of surprised that Cody. Was keeping up with him and some of the spots that uh, he was timing on, especially like seeing that uh, that flatliner in between the ropes Jesus. that he did, and some of the some some, some of the, the, the mad falls this guy was taking. So uh, I also like that they have they brought back time limits too. Yeah, like WCW. I was I was just talking to my wife about how in wrestling. Thing what WCA was doing, they, they had the time limits, mm-hmm. and then now uh, they don't do time limits no more because it's things. Okay, first of all, I think you know this fight. Talking about you talk about when he did the free fall dive. Yes, yeah, that shit was crazy. I said he is. <laughs> he the, calls it the coffin drop. Yeah, he calls it the, the coffin drop. Yeah, bruh. Kofi <laughs> is the only other person I know that's the free fall drop. 
But Kobe makes sure somebody catches his ass. He, I said, I'm not taking that spot. Bro, you can't pay me enough to take that spot. No, like, that is just, oh, my gosh. Oh. Yeah, I, I'm not taking no, I'm not taking no free fall, <laughs> free fall drop or no coffee drop, as he calls it, or no damn The angel. hardest part of the ring is uh, that, that. Exactly. I wouldn't even take it. I wouldn't take it as a normal bump. Oh, like, I wouldn't wow. even like take it from the apron to the to the. I thought when Orion when Orion Lorcan fell on the apron. Oh, yeah, she saw. Oh, Jesus Christ! <laughs> I'm sorry. That was a genuine reaction. Yeah. <laughs> you know what the hell is wrong with him? I'm not doing no coffin drop <laughs> from the top rope to the apron. That's just that's fucking crazy right there. Like, yeah, I, 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 I thought he had broke his back. I ain't know what happened. Cause, Cause oh. everybody only looking fell. He, he fell off the top rope and he flipped and hit the apron. No. Oh, that was a hard bump too. That was exact. It was a damn hard bump. So uh, these guys they fight to a time limit draw. You know, uh, it, it was a regular singles match, but Cody does put him in. Uh, the, I guess the body bag that he has with him and gives him a kick to him and takes off the belt and gives him Hulk Hogan style from uh, WCW. And you know it's still not enough. But then uh, we we get to a time limit draw. We run out of time. But then y- your boy that you keep talking about, who oh, me? Yeah, oh, her. A- AKA Ty Dillinger. What's his new name? That was Sean Spears. Sean Spears comes out, and he gives Cody Rose a unprotected chair shot right across the head. Like seriously, Dave's Cody Rose. The back of his head is split open. open. Oh, it's bad. It is. You know they they kind of messed that up though. Honestly. Uh yeah. No, I'm saying like the whole <laughs> the whole chair was a gimmick chair. The part that wasn't gimmick is the part that he got hit with. <laughs> it is, yeah. Yeah. He got hit with. He got hit with the. Uh, you know the part at the top at, on the no, back of the chair. They, they went past the, him getting hit. Yeah. No, uh, no. see, the part at the top, you, you talk about the, 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 that, that little round part at the top, that's the part yes. that hit me in the back when, when uh, Rudy, uh, oh, yeah. when Chelsea hit me with the chair, shit hurt like hell. That's the part he got hit with because they said the whole, they, they said that uh, they made, they gimmicked the whole chair to make sure that it was, everything was, wouldn't hurt. Mm-hmm. That's the only part they did gimmick though, so. How are you supposed to be the perfect 10, right, in WWE? <laughs> You come over and then your first big time thing to start a rivalry is you fucked up already. Um, it, it made it more real, so I guess they, yeah. they could make it work. Look, they end up fighting that all out. So, uh. Let's just hope he don't have a, a concussion, concussion, head trauma. Nah, they said he didn't have a concussion, but he needed, uh, like 12 staples. Staples? Staples is crazy. Oh, and oh. see, they stopped. <laughs> it hurts. <laughs> they stopped them hit chair shots ever since the Crispin Wild thing. So in two thousand seven, so you will never see those kind of hit shots. I mean, unless he definitely put up to block it, but Cody ain't had a chance to block it or nothing. So that was kind of irresponsible. It was. Oh. I'm like, bro, you got let go. You didn't even get future in that. Did he get future endeavor? Or they was just like Todd Dillinger's going by. Like, it's just, <laughs> cause, oh, you talking about WWE? Yeah. He uh he asked for his release. Okay. Yeah. He, went, he was like, I'm, I ain't been getting trouble. 
Yeah, no, I I think he was the first one that didn't get Future Endeavor because he asked he asked to leave. That's probably what it was. He probably said, "Go ahead." They better Future Endeavor, but he better stop for the Future Endeavor is ass. Yeah. <laughs> so next match is a whole fighting game nerds wet dream. You know what? Look, I was like, this guy Kenny Omega written all over it. I could tell as soon as they came out. I was like, yeah. And you know, it's funny. I was just like, so the Lucha Brothers, Pentagon Jr. and Ray Phoenix. And uh, Lauren O'Kid, I don't know who this guy is. But I never seen him either. He's, he's another another luchador. And I wish I would have got Bandino. For, yeah, first is the elite, <laughs> and they came out as Ryu and Ken from Street Fighter, and then this random guy gets up on stage, and then Akuma's final Shioken move from Street Fighter, where he just beats you the fuck up, and then he just stands above you, and your body's already laid out. And Kenny Omega is Akuma, bruh. Loved everything about that. And once again, we are at a six-man tag match where there is no way in hell you can name every fucking spot that happened. First of all, could, could we get a Canadian Destroyer count for the night? Bruh. Hey, <laughs> Williams would be proud. Yeah, a Canadian... <laughs> Uh, I was just listening to Tennessee around one fight. Oh, yeah. So, uh, you know, first of all, it was great costumes. Trust me, I will be downloading it on my WWE 2K19. Make sure I get all those attires. And then um, the match was is what you expect when you have the Young Bucks and the Lucha Brothers. Yeah. Fast. So if it went for no title or nothing, just a regular match, is going to be spot, spot, spot. Uh, but, spot fest. That's all it's going to be. And I don't really think that my wife's seen a Young Bucks match before. Or a Lucha. Oh, you did? Okay. Or, or a Lucha Brothers match. So, you know. I've er- only seen them separately. I've never seen the Lucha Brothers together. Oh, okay. So, did we see Pentagon? Yeah. Yeah. So, everything here is a beautiful spot fest. It is. Of course, you know, Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks had to hit their Hadouken <laughs> in the middle of the battle. Of course. <laughs> I also like how they hit the triple on Michael so it's a good little tribute. You said they, they hit the what? They all hit three. They all hit uh, a like a bomb at the same time. Yes, they did. Uh, they uh, did. They did hit a like a bomb at the same time. So what? I was saying, he, I, one thought, like I know this is all track, but I know Juice Thunder Liger is about to retire. I just wish they would get him for one match, like mm. like NXT. Uh, I would. I, I told. I would love Juice Thunder Liger to come back and, and fight one match at. Uh, uh, WWE or so they put him in the Hall of Fame. Or fight Rey Mysterio. Yeah, oh, oh that'd be good. Yeah. No, we can't get that right now. So, now how did the finish of the match go again? Uh, Kenny Omega basically just beat Trigger, uh, Laredo Kid to death until he gave up and then he picked him up, put him with a one-wing angel. First of all, can I just say that I don't care what Seth Rollins says, Kenny Omega has the best V-Trigger. Oh, yes. Yeah. We got a good one. Also, uh, Buddy Murphy has a good one. Buddy Murphy got a good one, but it ain't Kenny Omega's. That is true. Because Kenny Omega looks like... I don't know. What, what do you call Mandy Rose? Oh, I don't know what you call Mandy Rose. Almost, almost there. I don't know. <laughs> it's almost there. No, uh... Sorry about that. I, uh... I would love... Because, see... 
Kenny Omega, when he do his V-triggers, I'm like, I'd rather take a fucking bullet to take a V-trigger from Kenny Omega. Bro, this cameraman on the ramp is getting the, getting the business tonight. Oh, I know. <laughs> bro, I would hate to be a cameraman at a Young Bucks Lucha, Lucha uh, uh, Brothers match. I just want to be like, on that side of the ring, honestly. I try to stay away from that side of the ring. I know, because I tell you, the action's going to go fucking crazy. I'm just like, I can't keep up with the action at all. Jesus. Yeah, that spot scared me when he he, he got yeah. shoulder back toss over them. the the turbo. I'm just like that's usually where the, sta- the stairs is at, but they ain't had no stairs there, so I was like, they knew that, they knew what they was doing. Is that this is Hadouki? I'm over it. Yeah, that's a Kenny Omega nerd in him. He's doing it because I don't want her to fa- uh, fast forward past the highlights because there's just so many good highs it was. There's but, a lot going on in this one. But your, but your thoughts on the match though, Prime? Honestly, I, like I said, it's a normal spot fest. It didn't mean anything, so I, I, I understand why they did it. They just wanted to entertain the crowd. Why not? I liked it. You know, this this match ain't need no logic. Honestly, it, it, was, it didn't need logic at all. What elite match has logic though? Some of them have try to have logic, because some of them try to have storyline and try to tell a good story, but. For the most part, all elite the elite matches, uh, since they don't have no six man titles and that like that, don't mean anything. They just go crazy, spot heavy. You're right. So once again, I write like a bullet in Kenny Omega's V trigger. So main event time, the match that AEW with nothing to do with. Yeah. John Moxley. I like I like how they did you see how they presented it as well? They said the uh, lights that go off, and that'd be the end of AEW's event when, when they come back over that one. I like that. Oh, that, 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 that was kind of cool. That's kind of cool. It made it seem important. It made it seem non-sanctioned. Yeah. So we have John Moxley taking on Joey Janela. You already knew that these guys, these are nothing but hardcore, brutal ass wrestlers. Joey Janela, like he oh. eat pace for fun as a child. He, he do a little bit. <laughs> Only thing they missing is Darby Allen and Jimmy Havoc. This would have been a very different extreme match. Uh, that also, uh, I'm trying to get the guy from Lucha Underground. That <laughs> they, 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 they be doing, they be doing the hardcore matches. The one they had at uh, Ultimate Pentagon? Lucha. Huh? Oh, guy like do a lot of hardcore matches too. Though. Yeah, you're right. I'm saying the one, the one he did at uh, was Ultimate Lucha Four, was it? Where Damn, I have been keeping up. It was like the, like the three stages of hell kind of thing, and the both I forgot God I got to think of his name, but yeah. So you already know what to expect from this match. You expect tables, you expect barbed wire, you expect thumbtacks, and guess what? You get it all in this matchup mm-hmm. with Dean Ambrose. Oh, excuse me, John Moxley and Joey Janela. It's very hard. I I don't think I've called him John Moxley. Maybe once since he's yeah. left WWE. But the, the, that's that John Moxley CZW kind of character there, and they they pulled out them uh, TNA barbed wire boards, and, and they he, put out the Abyss special. In the Abyss, exactly, and they had the barbed wire chair, and uh, God, I was just like, don't please, don't. they use the barbed wire because you see it get cut on their back. Yeah, yeah, it's actual, yeah, actual barbed wire. Yes. Yeah, I was well, like, Ambrose, I mean, uh, Moxley used to do that. He didn't care about the barbed wire. Oh, he, he didn't. No, Moxley don't give a fuck. Just like he said on Wade Keller, like he was willing to take any bump, 
Brock put him through, but he just didn't do any of that. He's taking that uh, the R-Truth advice right now. Oh, yeah. He's like, you got to get that Epsom salt. You're damn right. Cause <laughs> I, I mean, falling, falling on them thumbtacks and falling on barbed wire chairs and them barbed wire boards, man, that shit is not fun at all. And then there was a spot that he did toss Joe Janela because Joe Janela said the barbed wire plank from the was it the ring to the, uh, the, to the to the crowd, the guard the crowd. Yeah. and then he got like add to adjustment over the ring to do that barbed wire. I was like, yeah, he took edge style too. Yeah, he, he took it right on his spot, right on his tailbone. Yeah, right on his tailbone. Uh, Joe Janela does a spot. He takes out the ladder and does a high elbow. From the top of the ladder inside the <laughs> ring to Dean Ambrose down them tables. He did it to two tables and one table broke. I know that happened. I, I hate when that shit happens. Don't you hate because they, uh, they said to break, it break the fall. It just makes it look less perfect, honestly. But it's still... No, no. It, it, it's kind of like what Jeff Hardy did at WrestleMania 33. And he had Sheamus and Zara set up. And then yeah, yeah. Zara's table kinda, took yeah. all of it. I, I did crazy. like... um. I, I don't like how John Moxley is also being like a <laughs> I don't know what the word you would call it but why would you take, he, he took off his shoes and his socks to put him in the thump that's that's just that, people, I thought that was creative though you, if you take off if you take off his shoes so when he steps on the tacks it's gonna hurt he took off his shoes and his socks and like purpose, purposefully atomic dropped them on the uh, that that is a kind of an atomic drop isn't it yeah, yeah, right on the tags, and he had him in sticking in the street. Just and he gave he gave him that Xplex on the on the tax also. Yeah, and um, but coming out of it, Dean Ambrose had more tax than uh, Joe, uh Janela did, honestly. Oh, because well, because because of what happened at the end. So oh. Dean Ambrose <laughs> beat Joe Janela after like really whooping his ass in the uh, tax and giving him. Uh, <laughs> He don't call the Dirty D's no more, does he? He calls it the uh, Paradigm Shifts. Okay, the Paradigm Shifts move on Joe Janelle. He picks the win up here. And yeah, then, let me ask you why you would pin somebody in the text. Because he crazy <laughs> out. But Akuma is not done yet because at the end, <laughs> Teddy O'Man comes back out. That's what you call him now? Yeah, Akuma. Akuma. V-Triggers the fuck with out the, of D-Day, bro. With the, with the uh, red hair? Yeah, he's yeah. got to be Akuma. Pile drives him on the table. Puts on top of him, jumps off the top. <laughs> just keep ringing the bell. Like, Bro, that move is there. just, oh my gosh. Well, you, you, that, move, that move is dangerous sometimes when he's doing well, which, which move? When he puts the table on top of somebody, he jumps from somewhere high and like, jumps right it, on it, him. It steps right on him? Yeah, because he's Kenny O' fucking mega. So, like I said, he's beating down Moxie throughout the whole thing. And uh, the, Bro, he hit him with an actual guitar. I know that. Uh, yeah, he I'm did. Saying, he's sitting here going in with him with drumsticks right now. What it ain't no hollow. It ain't no hollow. It didn't break a nose. It's like stiff. Like ah, then you hit me with an instrument. <laughs> so they're actually going to have their uh their match at all out. It it needs to be like a Chicago style street fight. I'm looking at this tag. I'm looking at this and everybody's like patting him on the back when he's walking at the ramp and I just thinking about when we went to that House of Hardcore show. Yeah. And who was it? Somebody pat uh It was it was the Shay with uh was it? Yeah. Yeah, the pat pat Tommy Dreamer on the back. Yeah. And he still had tax. <laughs> like, oh girl. Yeah. <laughs> just sit down. <laughs> if, oh, oh my god, god, that had to hurt. So that was Those highlights look look uh dope. Yeah. to actually go watch the whole show. So that was the AEW's 
Fighter Fest show. So, how would you grade this prime time? I give it a, I give it a maybe a B or I give it a B because uh, like I said, I know they it was like a one of those B shows, but how I felt about the action, it was good. So I give it a B. Yeah, I thought it was a uh, pretty good. For was I thought Double or Nothing was better. Yeah. Than this show, cause like I, 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 I'm judging all the shows. I mean, I said, like I said, the last few matches is what really brought the show home for me. Mm-hmm. And yeah, but so, but yeah, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna give it about, I'm gonna give it about a good, a high C plus. I have to judge the whole show off of everything and not just the matches I liked. Mm-hmm. So I'm gonna give it a C plus. I'm curious to see what Fight for the Fallen is. It comes up in July because that's the one they're doing for charity, right? That's the same, cause that's the same, same night the as the Evolve show, which I'm going to. Oh, okay. Are you going? Cool. Yeah, uh, Chubbs bought me a ticket, so. Is I, that the one with, uh, they have a WWE reunion or something like that they said they don't have? Yeah, well, they're going to have some of the WWE that was part of Evolve uh, going to be there. It's going to be like Matt Riddle. <laughs> so, like, they're going to have, like, Isaiah Swerve Scott? No, no we're going to have Adam Cole. Oh, okay. Hey, yeah, Adam Cole. T- I don't know why they changed their name. They changed some of the indie guys. Yeah, Adam Cole versus Akira Tozawa for the NXT Championship. We know he's not going to lose it. Matt Riddle oh, yeah. taking on um, uh, Drew Gulak. I'm about to say somebody on Twitter. Yeah, somebody <laughs> on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> oh, WCW legend. Yeah, oh, oh, yeah. Go. I, I swear, I would love to see Goldberg spear the fuck out of Matt Riddle just once. It's not just him. He, he went for Booker, Booker T, too. too. What did Matt Riddle say Booker, about Booker T? No, no, no. no Booker, Booker T, T said something said, about Matt Riddle. Matt Riddle needs to chill. He needs work. And everybody's like, what are you talking about? And I don't know. See, I didn't get a chance to read all of Booker T's comments. Uh-huh. But it's just like, does he mean he needs work wrestling-wise? Or he needs work like, Stop shut high. up. Oh. <laughs> stop, stop trying to start fights that... Because really, it's like you talking shit about uh, Brock Lesnar and Goldberg. And it's like, bruh, I, I, it's very <laughs> unlikely you're going to ever step in the ring with either one of them. Look, he's he been hanging out with RBD a lot. It's, it's already. Yeah. You know, first of all, Matt Riddle may be the, the hands down better wrestler, but Matt Riddle has not sold out no builder like Goldberg has. This is true. He ain't putting butts in seats right now. Not right now. So. Yeah. You got the chill, bro. So yeah, uh, Matt Riddle don't have he he Matt Riddle has not moved the needle. Uh, like I said, I we can sit here and talk about all day how much of a better wrestler that he is than Goldberg. Yeah, I got that. Yeah, I'll give you that. But if I ask somebody on the street right now who's Goldberg and who's Matt Riddle, I guarantee you ninety five percent of the time Goldberg's gonna be knowing for Matt Riddle. Just saying. So I got I will I didn't get a chance to because I meant to put that tell you to put that on the docket too like what is up with what did Booker T say because you know how people see the headline and run with it it's a whole thing yeah because I saw a bunch of people like oh my god Matt Riddle's so great bro what are you talking about Booker T like all right y'all because <laughs> yeah, now I'm curious to see what uh, people will say about Booker T because you can't you can't cut Booker T and say like no they're he just saying great. he needs to shut up. Booker T calls out Matt Riddle over Goldberg comments. Riddle calls Booker Oh, I mean, he is. I mean, I ain't gonna lie. So, yeah, I, I had to pull up. Uh, 
W Hall of Fame Booker T suggesting Riddle shouldn't throw stones if he's not ready to take some heat in return. Okay. You know. That's not uh, untrue. It's not true at all. I'm saying so, yeah. Uh, so he said, uh, in quotations, I was listening to Matt Riddle talk about Goldberg Booker T. said, I got a chance to watch Matt Riddle work. This guy needs a lot of work. You talk about somebody that needs to work on their craft. This Matt Riddle needs to work on his craft, and that's coming from Booker T. He invited, he invited Riddle down to his own training center to give him a first-class wrestling one-on-one session. Booker then went on about his own accomplishments in wrestling, suggested Riddle might want to listen to someone who was top five in the world. Riddle didn't seem to care. <laughs> Not long after the interview aired, Riddle said, I guess old WCW wrestlers hate hate the bro. I wonder who will be next. Clearly, he was shooting back while making fun of, fun of Goldberg's catchphrases at the same time. Well... Look, I, I I don't know what to say to that, uh, but, I mean, I think Matt Riddle is good. Yeah. Matt Riddle does have a, like, if you watch a Matt Riddle match, I mean, there is some polishing that he has to do. I don't even going to say the guy can't wrestle. But I don't think I don't think Booker T said he can't wrestle either. Uh-huh. But saying somebody needs work is completely different from saying they, like, they trash or they can't wrestle. You know, a lot of people, you know, so, you know but I, I think, you know, it... Right now, it, it's becoming one of them uh, old school, new school kind of fights. Right now, mm-hmm. so it's you know it's very shame about that. Speaking of a shame, though, your, oh god, your boy Seth Rollins. <laughs> Seth yeah. Rollins went to the closet. Now I gotta go look at the rest of his stuff. Yeah, I checked that, I checked that, that conversation early. So <laughs> yeah, Seth Rollins found himself a nice. Thick old soapbox, <laughs> and he stepped up on there this past week, and he made his thoughts clear. Now, I have heard some people agree, and I heard some people a lot who disagree with what Seth Rollins had to say. So we're going to give our opinions on the whole Seth Rollins thing right now because uh, I have a couple issues with it. So. Apparently, Seth Rollins, who is the Universal Champion right now, he felt as though that he needs to fight back for the company that he represents, which I don't understand why that needs to be a thing. He called out Dean Ambrose for the comments he made on Talk is Jericho and on Wade Keller and make it seem as though that he uh, shouldn't down the company that gave him so much. Yeah. And then, uh, out people, people were sitting talking about like, uh, so, wait, what? What's the case? And then, uh, Seth, I'm trying to see if I can pull up the, um, the actual thing that he said. I was trying to also, and then I got, I, I got this, Maria announces she's pregnant and asked the man to impregnate her next time. I'm confused. Well, Seth, well, it, <laughs> Seth Rollins said that WWE is the best wrestling in the, or, or the planet. Now, I'm not going to disagree with Seth Rollins because he, he's he's Universal Champion for a company that he represents. Mm-hmm. But he also, when he was talking about that, made the comments of 
Dean Ambrose taking his ball and going home. And I'm like... Like, bro, what? I don't know why you even think that about Dean Ambrose, you know, your friend. I feel like that's probably something that they probably told him to add in there. Because I just don't feel like he would personally say that. And they had, like, a long talk and everything. I don't know. That just, that just don't seem like something he'd do. That's what me. I was wondering. I'm like, is this supposed to be you in character, or are you really you and you just being a heel and being a dick right now? Or but he's on the really heel. Feel, is he not? No. So he's just being a dick right now. I'm saying, because Seth Rollins is not a heel. Okay. Well, Seth Rollins is a baby. Going against Barry Corbin? Yes, yeah, Seth okay. Rollins is a baby. You, you could have fooled me because this doesn't seem like something that I would go out and say, especially now when you know that in the age where everything you say and do is up for scrutiny on social media. Yes. So. But he didn't delete no tweets. They're still up there for the stuff that, you know, he tweeted. So, uh, I was like, so Seth Rollins, who has been handled as one of the top guys in the business since the shield came up even in NXT Dean Ambrose was never one of those guys mm-hmm. and he made the comment saying that if you want to leave that's fine but make sure that you've done everything you possibly could in this company to be that top guy and then if you can look in the mirror and you're content with that then you you, you can you, know, you can go once again Dean and Seth had two different paths mm-hmm. in the WWE and like I said, I don't criticize guys who want to go to WWE and try to, you know, get on TV and, you know, uh, want to do that role schedule. But then I can't blame the guys who it's not working out for them and they want to leave. Yeah. And Dean Ambrose, and what it's getting me is Dean Ambrose never said anything disparaging about WWE. He talked about one person, Vince McMahon. Yeah. And talked about his experience of with dealing with Vince McMahon and how hard it was for him to deal with Vince McMahon. He never came at Seth Rollins. He never came at The Shield. He never came at Roman Reigns. He never came at any other people. He just said, look, I'm going to sit here and I had ideas. I had this. I had this. I had this. I already did that was supposed to happen with Dean Ambrose that was in there. And they did not just look at him as one of those top characters. Did he win the WWE Championship? Of course he did. And then, of course, the uh, the whole Stone Cold podcast was a whole mess. Oh, yeah. And that has, uh, Stone Cold said, that has haunted him since it, since it happened. And once again, all this stuff is not Dean's fault. You know, and for him to make comments like that, you know, it felt as though it felt very... Uh, Bitter, I guess. I don't know uh, I would call maybe. it bitter. I feel like it feels more misinformed and kind of. It's like you are at a spot right now where you're a top guy in the company, and they obviously think they can take you and run, like run with it. Mm-hmm. But you were here right beside me when I was going through all of this. It'd be different if you were on the outside looking in completely. Like, he's at a totally different promotion or whatever. But you work here with me. We were in... Uh, we were we worked together for years. Like, you know what happened with me and my character. So, for him to say that just felt more like... Kind of like how I was saying with, with Matt Riddle and Booker T it kind of felt like, you know how people read the headline and don't read the whole article. It felt like, I get, 
the comments he made felt more like he he couldn't have be bothered to listen to the whole interview. So he just took the tidbits or yeah. the quotes that came out and went with that. And it was just like, but that doesn't sound like the interview I listened to. Because it's like we listened to the interview. Oh, I listened to with you and I was just like, okay, it sounds like somebody who was at a job. It could be any job for real. That it didn't work out. And they're like, look, I appreciate the opportunity you gave me, but it didn't work out for me, so I'm going to go move on to something else. Mm-hmm. That seems like it will work better for me. The end. I mean, speaking, it's one thing if he was making up stuff that couldn't be corroborated by other people, but there are several people asking for their release at this point or just waiting out contracts because they have nothing to do with them. So it's not like he's the only one in this whole entire company who's had who had a bad run and was just like, well, I'm going home and literally taking my ball and, and leaving. Mm-hmm. You got guys who are good, guys who are fair, all kinds of stuff, and guys who are just going to be, you know, uh, jobbers for the, for the rest of their career, all dissatisfied. So it's not even like it's just one type of person. I just, I don't know. It, it felt really... I don't know. It, it didn't. It felt weird because it was like, why would you do that? For, You're right. Like you, you and had it, no reason to. And it got even more weird because <laughs> he, Seth Rollins makes a tweet saying, "Doubling down, best pro wrestling on the planet." See that cruiserweight triple threat, which by the way was a good triple threat match, and that's just one night, one match amongst the many. Find any else, find anyone else alive who does what I do as well as. I do it as often as I do it. You can't. Hashtag stopping grounds, you for champion. But then Will Ospreay texts and says, I'm, I'm alive. alive. <laughs> that was funny to me, bro. Yeah. I'm alive. And, and that's it. And then uh, Seth Rollins tweets back, I'm sorry, little guy. We already have a better version of you here. And he just won his first U- U- U.S. title tonight. Congrats, King Ricochet. Keep working hard through, through buddy. And then Will Ospreay. Huh? How did he call him a little guy? They like the same. They like the same weight. Yes. Yeah. Like, like, bro, you're not. Please. Uh huh. Uh. So. Uh. Hold. On, let's see. Well, Osprey says, "Love you." I love you. Adding stuff, don't you? I mean, the original question was, find anyone else alive who does what I do as well as I do as often as I do. No talk of money, no talk of ricochet. You say anyone, I am here. Just as consistent, just as good. Hope the back heals up. And then uh, Sephiroth says, I mean, if you want to talk numbers, we can compare bank accounts too. P.S. That's counting a month off with a broken back, buddy. So, what? You, yeah, anybody been in school before, right? Mm-hmm. And anytime somebody's in a debate mm-hmm. or argument or they make a fun of somebody, and the one thing that somebody may have over somebody that has nothing to do with the conversation, they pull that they up. They pull it out. I, you know how many countries I've been in, and then somebody talks about, well, I get more pussy than you do. This got nothing, to do, nothing to do with it. what I'm talking about. But I say, bro, I said I got an A on this paper. What does that have to do with anything? Exactly. <laughs> They gotta pull something that that, that makes it. Trust me, I know somebody in my phone that does that. So, uh, when he says, "Look, because my bank account is bigger," I'm like, "See, you're going to the Trump card because you ain't got nothing else." That look, that right there, that tweet alone reminded me of 
all the new rap, new age rap battles, where it's like, oh, anybody from the mid two thousands back will come to these new kids and be like, I can out rap you any day, but I get banned, and I'm like, that has nothing to do with what I just said. Can you rap? Yes. No. Okay. Well, we're moving on. Like it just, it was just like I don't. It that doesn't make any sense, bruh. Like, what? Why did you pull that out? Because you had nothing else to say. I, I don't know. Somebody was like, Becky need to give Seth Rollins his phone back because yeah. she know she out here tweet for him. She be throwing daggers on Twitter. Like maybe it was her. I don't know because he obviously is a was in over his head on that one. So. The question is, I, I, I'm sitting thinking to myself, like, somebody made this comment. I was listening to Solomon Sounds Off, and he said, this is the result of Seth Rollins cracking under pressure. Because be. when you're the top guy, your friend has left, and the same thing happened with Shawn Michaels and Eddie Guerrero. Mm-hmm. When they were the champion, the ratings weren't high. Yeah. And nobody was watching the show, and they kept dropping all the people, and then they, they was at their worst. The company was at their worst. Mm-hmm. And when Shawn Michaels was the champion, he could not put no asses in no seats. Shawn Michaels was one of the greatest of all time. Mm-hmm. But when he had his championship run in 96, when he beat Bret Hart, it did not move the needle. Yeah. Eddie Guerrero, one of the greatest of all time, when he won a championship in 2004. Great moment, mm-hmm. but he wanted to give up the championship so bad because the pressure of being a champion weighed on him. Yeah, yeah, they got a they got a the hardest schedule out of everybody. That's kind of why AJ Styles wanted to give it up because he went home. He couldn't, you know, just yeah. was unhappy. It's hard to do, especially when you're the top guy, mm-hmm. and the the ratings for the show that you're supposed to be on mm-hmm. is not selling anything. Yeah, it all falls on you. It falls on you, even if it's not all your fault. Exactly. So with that being said, Seth Rollins, uh. Had the pressure, in fact, the pressure was cracking up on him a little bit. And he felt as though that he needed to fight back. Yeah, he had to start a part of it. And but, but but once again, this war that everybody, you know, people it's like, whatever happened to an opinion? Yeah, whatever happened to ha- healthy competition? There, shit, there is none. I don't think because I really feel like the fact that. WWE has monopolized mainstream wrestling for so long. It's just like now that it's not, nobody knows how to handle it. Mm-hmm. The company, the the workers, the fans, nobody knows how to handle it. It's like we gotta pick a side. I'm like, you don't. You can watch both. It's it's really not that. It's not that deep. You gotta healthy competition keeps you on your toes. Mm-hmm. But I don't think anybody knows how to handle it at this point. I mean, when you haven't really had anybody to go against in the last almost two decades at this point, what do you what do you do? You're right. Yeah, close those three weeks from TNA. Yeah. <laughs> uh, also, to keep it keep things moving, Emma Moon posted a tweet. <laughs> A, crypt, a cryptic tweet from last week on Smackdown and here's what the tweet, the tweet reads Dear A I'm tired of getting up every time I fall and trying to fight the fight I will never be able to win from injuries and obscurities tonight has defeated me in more ways than we know 
I I'm not willing to give control away, but I know you are waiting. Em. Is that a is that a, a demon type of thing we got going on? The Sheena? I don't know, but you know, A was uh, one of the beginnings of her name, Athena. Athena. Yeah, Athena. In, in uh, when she was a woman of honor, and she was in the in the Indies. And people were thinking, is she teasing going back to the Indies, or is she, at, you know, is she trying to do a new character? Here's that now because ever since she came back from injury on SmackDown, other than the whole, <laughs> she ain't been doing nothing but playing video games. Little, and then it would be getting broke, and then she gets squashed, squashed by Sonya Deville. You know, like she, she got beat up because she didn't want to donate. I don't know what I'm saying. So she got beat because she what? She didn't want to donate. So exactly. So I don't know where this thing is going because there is talks about this, you know, lesbian angle between Mandy Rose and Sonya Deville. Oh God, I hate that. I hate when they just they like to shoehorn stuff in. Yeah. Because it's like, oh, you're a lesbian in real life. Well, let's let's make you a lesbian on TV too. Like, bruh, what? I don't. Okay. I don't know why she can't just win. Exactly. <laughs> it is exactly. I'm just saying because you know, I guess that's because that's too hard to do. You know. Yeah, like, oh, not that she can't just get in here and wrestle and like everybody else and get out and go back to the back. She has to be like, "Hey, Mandy, you look real nice today." Like, it, I don't understand the. Well, to her credit, uh, she does. I mean, I mean, <laughs> they both look great. So I know Eric Bischoff was in the corner somewhere. HLA, so you know. <laughs> you gotta bring. You, you, you gotta bring. You gotta bring that that crap back. I just want better for everyone. So right now you gonna see uh you gonna see Eric Bischoff in the main roles get up like he did Stephanie. Oh, bro, bro, who, 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 you already know what's that since Eric Bischoff coming to SmackDown, you already know he gonna at least bring HLA to Vince's door about nine times. <laughs> hey Vince, I got an idea for you. Uh, how about uh, how about this? Yeah. This, look at this. Oh, this is. Oh, this. I, I love this. Uh, something like that. I was now. This is another thing that I want to talk about. This is a actually a deep kind of conversation for a little bit, but very surprising. Uh, Tommy Dreamer. Oh, we we know about we know about Tommy Dreamer. Good old Tommy Dreamer. House of Hardcore. Like I said, we in Philly. We see Tommy Dreamer all the time. Yeah, Tommy Dreamer welcome to you at House of Hardcore and Icons. Like like ain't nothing. Ain't nothing. <laughs> or or Comic Con. I, I I swear I see Tommy Dreamer in like you know Dunkin' Donuts before getting coffee. You ask my man so, for a picture. He's like, oh no, don't pay me. It's fine. I'm a regular person. I'm like, oh alright, bro. <laughs> so, very very nice guy. Should retire twenty years ago. Now. <laughs> There was an article that came out when he was on his podcast, I think it was, or if he was on somebody else's podcast, when he came out and said that he was dealing with depression and, and mental illness. And I have to say, this year alone, I have talked about on both podcasts from this wrestling podcast, No Gimmicks uh, uh, Needed Wrestling Podcast, and Nerd Gas Talk Podcast of Suicide. Mm-hmm. And people taking their own lives because of the things that are truly bothering them. So once again, I will put this out there that this is I just have our opinions of talking about this. And you know, if you guys, if it's people out there who do need help, you know, uh, or, or do need a safe space, there will be things in the links down below for those people who need it. 
if we, if we need, as we talk about this topic. But once again, we're talking about you know a Tommy Dreamer of things that he said he was dealing with, mm-hmm. and um, he was saying that uh, okay, he opened up on his House of Hardcore podcast. He said he almost committed a real murder suicide shooting in the middle of WrestleMania X Seven in Houston, Texas. WrestleMania X7 was noted as the best WrestleMania to date, still to this date. Yeah, it was the first WrestleMania, yeah, the first WrestleMania to go four hours. It was also the the last the, the last WrestleMania to host the Attitude Era. This was the end of the Attitude Era before we went to the whole invasion thing, and this is the first one. The first WrestleMania, Jerry the King Lawler, was not on commentated. It was Paul Heyman. So, the story goes, as is reading here, that Tommy Dreamer was supposed to debut with WWE during the TLC match at the show, but plans had changed. And, uh, plus the recent closing of ECW, that, you know, that didn't help at all either, because this closed last week, and then he, uh, not last week, the 2000 that year. So, Tommy Dreamer found himself living back with his parents. Mm-hmm. Uh... So, it's, it turned out Big Money offers to stay with a family company where the booker was secretly collecting checks from one of the same companies he told Tommy to turn down, uh, pushed him too far. So, uh, when he finally hit rock bottom, because they didn't want to use my WrestleMania uh, X7, and then he... Well, I heard a story that they were supposed to use him, but something happened where they didn't use him. Yeah, they didn't. And I, well, first of all, honestly, oh, that's I, what it was. He was supposed to debut that day, I think. Yeah. Oh, yeah. WrestleMania of all things, right? So yeah, yeah. he's supposed to do do something with the hardcore title, I believe, or something yeah. like that. Yeah. But he he didn't, and uh, he said that his solution to his problems was he was going to utilize Texas. Uh, likes, uh, he was going to jump the rails at WrestleMania, murder Paul Heyman, and then kill himself. That's wild, bro. I was like, I was like, wait, he just did he admit this? So, cause honestly, if I was Paul here right now, I'd be somewhere like, oh my god. <laughs> well, he probably already talked to him about it. I pulled up his uh, comments. He made some further comments about. Okay. Oh, uh, do you have a comment up right now? Yeah. Okay. Cause he was saying after he said that, and of course everybody's all up in arms, like, oh my god, why would you, why would you say that? So he went to uh, Busted Open Radio and he said he discussed, uh, it says he discussed his eyebrow-raising comments uh, by saying it's okay to have a sad day. It's okay, but you have to fight through it. I then talked about um, a moment in my head where life wasn't good for me. I'm not going to go into it because I don't hate Paul Heyman. When you're sitting up at night thinking all those horrible thoughts, you get lost in your own head. It was brought up to me by someone who's a big difference between being depressed and someone who fights depression. People who fight depression need help. I want to tell everyone the guy you see on TV gets depressed. And then he basically goes into how everything around him was still good, but he was just, he was out of it. Mm. He, you know, body's hearing me, but his mind is somewhere else. And he said that he wanted to come out and speak about it now because in the last two weeks, two people have killed themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was saying that for Ashley... Um, she killed herself and he was supposed to meet with her the next day. Mm-hmm. So I'm sure that was probably really jarring. It's like you probably talked to this person right before they killed themselves and had no idea. 
and he was saying um talking about Lionheart who killed himself and he said he didn't know him but he went into reading his last tweet and saying how you gotta reach out to people sometimes when they're they have if they have cries for help because his last tweet sounds like it was a cry for help mm. so I mean I get why he said it sometimes you gotta be raw like that to to let people really know how hard it it was because you could say to somebody I was depressed or I I'm having a bad day right now my mental health is not intact at the moment but it doesn't really hit home unless you say something like I was about to kill somebody and kill myself because I was that deep in depression and I mean I respect them for saying it but that doesn't mean it's any less wild of a comment like mm-hmm. to the thought of it but I definitely respect him coming out and trying to get the message across that if you're depressed, like we've been saying in this podcast, mm. last week's podcast, it's okay to ask for help um, and then actually fight being depressed if you have it in you. Because some people don't. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that, I was, I'm just sitting here like, bro, you really came out. Somebody, the first thing somebody said was, well, no Hall of Fame for him. <laughs> it's like, damn, y'all. I should hope that they don't they don't be like we'll never put him in a hall of fame now because he decided to speak out about a struggle he had how many years ago you know stuff I mean things happen life still goes on everything is not sports entertainment you're right yeah he he went in the I had to I have to, to comment right here how in detail that he was going to go down and do this. Yeah. Oh yeah, he yeah he had that in detail. He had a whole he had plan. That. Yeah. I'll tell you what I wanted to do. It's sick that I think this at WrestleMania. I was gonna hop the rail and I was gonna whack Paulie in the back of the head right at the announcer table. Then I was gonna whack myself the the ultimate partner. I was gonna hit my post. My post was oh, hit my pose. Crack boom, pull the trigger because I was that insane. Don't know if I would have went through with it, but that's what I was thinking about every day. I was like, I will go down in history. Pop, boom, at first they think it was an angle until I shot him. I I was so severely depressed and so mental with rage, I needed help. And you know what, now, saying, you know, now, obviously, he said, but what changed that day was a call from Jim Ross. Mm-hmm. And then he said, rarely I get a phone call from a number I didn't know. I, I didn't pick it up. I remember having these thoughts and it was bad. I had a gun. I was pissed. Uh, uh, I guess I was going to say, man, could, could you think about the harmfulness that I would have done for my legacy? I would have ruined WrestleMania, which I love WrestleMania for everybody. These thoughts were so, so crazy in my head. How dare that person? He screwed my parents over, and I come from a mobster, a, a mobster mentality. In my head, I was like, I will become famous, which is famous for the wrong reason. I'm glad I didn't do it. But when that phone call came from Jim Ross again, just said, leave a message. It said, Hey Tommy, it's Jim Ross. Just want, just want to let you know. We are still thinking about you. We are going to get it done. Just go. It just got to hang tight. Thank you. So, it's amazing how 
some little things can trigger people and how some little things can switch it all around. Mm-hmm. Now, now, granted, you, you get, sometimes you get people who get these kind of messages every single day. Yeah. And it just does not, you know, do much. But there are some that, you know, that we may not know about the, 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 the suicides that we prevented because of the things that we have said indirectly we don't even know about. Yeah. Yeah. So, you All know. All that from a voicemail. Off a wow. voicemail. It shows how powerful, you know, that the thing is, especially when you're leaning on the edge. And I'm just like, thank God you imagine what WrestleMania would have been like now. If right. that would have happened, or it might I not be been one. At. It may not be one. And then you sit there and think, and then you then you look down the line at Chris Benoit, mm. and we see how infamous he has gotten, and he's he's known for the wrong reasons. Yep. And there are he, people who don't even know wrestling who know who he is. Exactly. Of what he did, and he changed the whole landscape. Of how things are even done in wrestling right now. Mm-hmm. Done the whole landscape because that that hit home right there. And also that you know we we see. Like I said, I said uh, on my Nerd Games Talk podcast, suicide is one of the number one deaths in professional wrestling. Yeah. But the, the, that act of what Chris Benoit did, it changed the whole you know changed the whole landscape. Mm-hmm. And I really think that seriously when it comes to these athletes that take these contact sports mm-hmm. it really needs to be looked at seriously for mental health or the CTE now you gotta get help for these for, for these guys who, yep. who put their bodies out there on the line for you to help you make a buck you have got to especially like, like you can't just put push it to the side yeah, because even if they don't have CTE, it could very well be a, a situation like this where one minute you're on the top of the world and, you know, you're living the dream. Something you might have dreamed about since you were a kid and then all of a sudden they don't need you anymore mm-hmm. and you're just at the bottom of the pile. Mm-hmm. So you sit home waiting for somebody to call you or you sit in the back every week and spending money you may not have to travel but you're not doing anything mm-hmm. you're collecting the check so it could very well be it could be a number of things so I agree they do need to get these guys help because it's like I'm I'm putting myself through all of this to keep your company afloat mm-hmm. because if you don't need me next week you're just not going to care you can throw me away so I mean you know let people know they're not disposable you're right did anybody get a chance to see what part I asked you did you get a chance to see NXT this uh, past Wednesday uh I, I think I did <laughs> okay. wait is this the one with the, is this still cage match yeah yeah I saw it then yeah okay cause I need to do an NXT review and I need you to help me walk through it. Because, sure. Because I didn't see, I didn't get a chance to see, actually, what was the date on that? That, that, that was June, what, last Wednesday? It was... 26. I was close. Okay. June 26. 
2019. I don't know what happened last week, but I know Street Profits on Raw. Why? For for now. But why? I don't know. I mean, you know, the last time the NXT champions came on, you know, they relinquished the titles. So, I don't know. Can we stop doing it? Yeah, so, uh, okay, so I'm looking here uh, that we have... Uh, Angel Garza defeated was it Jacqueline Wild in the first round of the NXT so, Breakdown Tournament. Yeah, so the, the Breakdown Tournament they had they took a lot of indie guys and they changed all their names, uh-huh. and the winner gets like a shot of, of a title of his choosing. So Angel Garza is Hector Garza, and uh, Jake Jaquan Wild is DJ Z or Zima Ion. Okay. So yeah, they told the story of how he uh <laughs> how he got how he almost died and stuff. So yeah. Mm-hmm. But uh, I, it was a, it was an okay match. Uh, even though the guards are dude, he had, he came out in some some pants with a Mexican flag on it, and like during the match, he ripped the pants off like Rick Rude style and threw him in his, and threw him in his face, which is damn. Yeah, it was disrespectful, honestly. <laughs> but you know. <laughs> but he he won with a like a he had he, he had him in like a DDT where he put his legs around his stomach and he like just dropped down. Oh, okay. Oh, so yeah. I see that uh, Garza Garza got the way he moves on in the bracket. Now, and uh, what is this t- tournament for? Like, what do you win? You win a shot at a title of your choosing. So it looks like we're getting somebody going against the Velveteen Dream, right? Pretty much, yeah. Okay. Alright, uh, k- 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 what was it? Kushida reflects on his NXT arrival. So I'm guessing they, they had a little backstage set segment, kind of like, uh, like the history of Apollo Crews. Okay. Yeah, it was like a, yeah, like a video package. Yeah. Okay, uh, Street Profits take on the Forgotten Son so he can stay forgotten. Yeah. And I, lo- I, I legit forgot that match. I was like, I need to talk to you just one well, it's saying that they, the Street Powers beat oh, the guys. Oh, actually, yes, yeah, 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 because yeah, yeah, I remember. Yeah, my bad. Well, what happened? They uh, no, because they was like, we gonna be fighting champions, so we gonna put our title on the line. But uh, it's one of the things they put the title on the line. They won anyway. So. Okay, well, I mean, it's for God's sons anyway. So, well, yeah, they, 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 they gonna see what they see for some more. Uh, Keith Lee is back, bro. Bro, first of all, I what I need you to I, I need you to look at this dude's attire. Who Keith Lee's? No, the dude he's fighting. It's Nico, like Nico's Rikos? Is that his name? Yes, yes. It's like a it's like a full singlet with pants. One leg is missing on the pants, and he got the whole like his his arms all covered up, but he got like one his titty taken out. So it's like. Yo, it's like it's Zack like, Ryder done wrong. Are you looking at it now? Because I, 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 I'm looking at, at some of the pictures because Zack Ryder used to have those tights on one side and like and the the, the, the pants on one side, yeah, yeah and 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 the, and the wrestling shorts on the other. And I'm like, but this dude got like a full sleeve on one side. <laughs> yeah, I was like, whoa, okay, well, he, you know what? I don't know, but. Okay. I'll be honest. You know, you know the thing that Keith Lee does in the ring when he points to his uh, he points to him and he pulls his fist up. Uh huh. 
So he was doing that, and I accidentally skipped 30 seconds, and when I, he was still doing it, I thought he was still doing the pictures, but the mattress was over, so that's how quick it was. Oh, I can't even find a picture of his, his gear, dag, y'all. Well, <laughs> was that match trying to get, get himself some, uh, some clout back because he's supposed to have a the program with um, uh, Donovan Dijak or Don Jakovic. But, but the, the way that it was building this dude up, like he's about to come out and be the jobber, but no, he, he was the jobber. Exactly. Um. Exactly. So yeah, he got jobbed out. Uh, Adam Cole embarks on the Bay Bay Championship Celebration Tour. I think this. Uh, I believe this is the one where he went to like Johnny Gargano's like. Hometown pizzeria, something, something like that, something crazy. What? That would be some patient to do, wouldn't it? <laughs> what? That would be some patient to do to go back to your man pizzeria. I think that's what he, I think that's what he did. He went to Johnny Gargano's like pizza hometown pizzeria. He was like, "Let me get a Johnny special or something." It's something weird like that. Like, I think it's obvious. he's still going to feud with Gargano. Gotcha. And the main event is we have. For the NXT Women's Championship, Shayna Baszler versus Io Shirai in a steel cage match. I just want the first steel cage matches on NXT programming because we've had it on pay per view before. Oh, I you think know this what? Maybe like the third because yeah, Alistair Black and Gargano. They had one, and of course, uh, Ty Dillinger and Eric Young. Eric Young had one also. So how the first women's first women's yeah. So how was this match? This match was good, like fantastic. Mm. Uh, even in the middle of the match, Candice LeRae came out. Well, the her henchman, Shayna's henchman, came out, and then Candice LeRae uh, beat both of them up. One of them actually got in the ring. Candice jumped from the top to the ring. She did a crossbody oh, off the cage. Uh huh. And then she she got both of them out, and then Eo did a moonsault from the top of the cage. On to Shayna. Oh, I found and, the picture of his, his stuff. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it's real ugly. It's real ugly. Show it to me. Oh, I gotta wait for y'all. Go ahead and keep talking. I gotta wait for yeah. this to, to go. Oh, out. man. Okay, but, um, yeah, Shayna did a, I mean, uh, EO did a moonsault off the top of the cage to Shayna. And then, um, it's one of those things where Shayna had her in the, in the, in the, in the clutch, but Shayna was, Kind of hanging out the uh, hanging out the cage a little bit. Uh huh. And it was one of those things where Shayna, she hit, EO hit Shayna's head, trying to get out of the submission. She was hitting Shayna's head against the the door, yeah. and Shayna just fell out the cage. Oh, so it's kind of like she won. She was unconscious. She won, but yeah. she wasn't. She didn't really win. Yeah. Oh, guys. Yeah. Oh, so more so EO lost and Shayna won. Yeah. Oh wow. So. Is this rivalry going to be over? Or is it really Yeah, enough? yes, yes, it's over. You know how it's over? Why? Because after the match, Shayna beat the crap out of uh, Candice LeRae and turned heel. Ooh, Io Shirai heel turn. But Shayna beat her or? No, Io Shirai beat up Candice LeRae. Okay, he, I, okay. I will say, though, she got a, Ooh. She got a nice heel entrance. I, I put it like that. Oh, is she a sex appeal or something like that? That too? I'm just talking about like she got like a little Urban Youth little theme song. And then... <laughs> she got a little Urban Youth theme song, huh? Okay. It's like a little, little Urban Youth theme song. 
Club, Hip Hop Beat Club, something's out. Oh, I, I got you. I got to check out EO then. All right. Yeah, then. yeah, but, uh, yeah. Well, guys. So it looks like for the next takeover, I'm not sure yet, but it looks like EO might be fighting Candace, or it's going to be like a fatal four way or something like that, but. Okay. Something. Well, yeah. Look at I think they might just too big to just be on NXT TV. I got you. All right, that's not pretty cool. Cause the next one that we got is a uh, SummerSlam. It's Toronto. Yes, it's yeah. Take over Toronto. So SummerSlam won't be going to Toronto because they knew they were going to win the championship. Say, Toronto out here winning, huh? Yeah, until they lose Car- <laughs> until they lose Kawhi. <laughs> the, 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 the Drake will start crying like Kawhi be a river. You stupid. <laughs> they ain't gonna have nobody to lose Kawhi. No. Uh, yeah. Alright guys, so that is it for the No Gimmicks Needed Wrestling Podcast. Thank you guys for joining us, sticking through the whole thing. I wanted to make sure I get that got that done for you guys. First of all, thank you guys for sticking out with me. We actually did pretty good. 90 minutes. So that, right. that was really good. Okay. Make sure right. I did that. Like I said, uh, so hopefully we can get back to, to, to the swing of things next weekend. Uh, make sure you guys check out Spaces Philly, the production company we are a part of. Spaces Philly, where you get all your podcast needs of all kind of genres you want to listen to. And you can check out the two the main shows they have is the Lulu and Pop Show and the Lulu Pop Horror War Show. And, of course, both sides, we are on there with our content, with the No Gimmicks Needed Wrestling Podcast, along with the No Gimmicks... Uh, Nerd the Nerd Talk Podcast, I apologize. Along with the hot new turntables, hip-hop culture, and beyond. Uh, trust, look out for that episode. We talked about the BET Awards last night. Oh uh, my god! Yeah, man, it was bad. It was bad. Oh, and I, my wife just informed me that we will be going over the Bobby DeBarge story on TV One. Good luck. I, 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 I know. Long as y'all keep out there listening, and once again, drunk dogs sober tongues, and stay tuned for Man Talk coming in quarter three. So I can't wait to hear all that great stuff. Make sure you guys check us out on the podcast as we guys listen to podcasts such as Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Google Play Speaker, or you guys can listen to us on YouTube if you still got that. But make sure you try out that YouTube Premium because YouTube Premium has a free trial right now. But then if you like the free trial, you get it for nine ninety nine a month unless you have Google Play, which you should already have YouTube Premium already on there. And YouTube should find a way to pay me for putting them over like this. But, uh... Once again, guys, this ends the podcast. So, uh, once again, this is uh, uh, me getting ready to, you know, go tend to my door. And, and then I'm sitting there counting like, damn, I'm really about to go see The Undertaker. <laughs> Come to Philly. It's, I mean, like, it's, 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 it's hitting me to the point like, happy about this, it's not even going to be a buried alive match or nothing. This is just going to be just here. Undertaker waiting on the apron. <laughs> he gonna be waiting on April the whole match. The whole match. He just better be. That, them last, them last minute, 30 seconds, he gonna come but in. Yo, everywhere, everywhere I get my seats at, yo, I always get them by the heel side of the ring. So I already know Shane and Drew McIntyre are gonna be right there. I just hope Shane falls to me so my son can get scared and be happy at the same time. It'll be great. Cause now, cause oh, now I get to finally bring my kids so the wrestlers can come over to me. <laughs> I, I Yeah, I know. This is all a selfish plot right here. Yes, it is. But, but once again, this is NC, a place to be church over Sandy. And uh, my my returning co-host, not Deion Sands for prime time. All right, everybody. And my wife, the greatest catch lady sketch. It's been real. All right. And Q-Flow, man, I know you was busy tonight, so wherever you're at, take us out. Thank you.
we're bringing nergasm to your ears. Welcome to the show. We don't need any gimmicks, you already know. So sit back, relax, and hit the like button. Go and share with your friends and keep the likes coming. Swag on trivia and prompts top five. Either way, it's fun and you're hearing it live. Join with your host, Mr. A and E. Yeah, you know it's the place to be. It's in C. Searching for just the right job? Whether you are looking for full-time, part-time, or seasonal work, you can get started today. Amazon Jobs offers the whole package with great pay and flexible shifts that allow you to choose when and how much you work. Find a warehouse close to home and discover the role that works for you. To get your application started for an hourly job, go to Amazon.com slash apply. That's Amazon.com slash apply. Amazon is proud to be an equal opportunity employer.